Hello and welcome back to Spooky Psychology with Megan and Lauren. I am Megan. And I am Lauren, of course. And that is uh, just the two of us. Yeah, doing this podcast for y'all. Doing this podcast. Uh, I'll just throw out for the second episode in a row blanket apology for the weird release schedule. I don't know. I'm really busy, guys. We're working on it. It's just gonna be weird for a while. The holiday season. We're doing our best. You will get episodes when you get them. <laughs> we're not really sticking to a strict schedule at the exact moment. We are just doing what we can. I feel like the people that listen to this, though, understand. They're like, oh, you guys are people. We'll listen to we it when you keep, have it. Like, we will keep going with this, but we will not necessarily keep going on a set schedule. I don't know how people do this every week. I think the people who can do it every week are people that, like, this is their job. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't understand. Like, it's a lot. Yeah. I can't do this every week on top of everything else I have to do every week. No. My brain doesn't function that way. Nor does mine. Basically, we're just too tired. We're tired, folks, but we're here for it. Yeah. Ugh. We're tired. We're here for you. Uh, we spent a great deal of time researching this. So episode. many hours. <laughs> we absolutely did not do all the research this morning. Not at all. Hours before we recorded. So, uh, you know, if any of this seems weird or fast, that's, uh... Unrelated. Coincidence. Unrelated. Purely coincidental. Yes. Uh, we're doing our best. <laughs> Thank you for supporting us. But I am excited about this episode, um, because it's one of my things that I'm most interested in. Um, yes, and actually, not only is it a thing you're most interested in but it's a thing that you actually introduced me to really yeah i don't know if you remember this so you came to visit me in grad school for my birthday you and caitlin mm -hmm. yeah hi caitlin if you're listening oh, hi, and caitlin. you wanted to watch the show and i had never heard of it and i was like why on earth would we want to watch a show about fishing oh and you were I, I remember like, you coming out, ask. but I don't remember telling you about it. You did, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was you. Yeah, So sounds about right. You've brought this into my life. Was that the birthday like, I brought you Abraham Lincoln band-aids? That was the birthday you brought me Abraham Lincoln band-aids. I think I still have them. Good. As you should. They Lauren got me a pack of Abraham Lincoln bandages that came in a metal tin that, like, specifically said, we will heal your wounds like he healed this country. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was, it was really great. It was a wonderful present. It was a good time. That was really fun. Overall. And then my mom came and took us out to lunch. The oh, that's day. right. Yes. I, yeah, that was the first and only time I've ever been to, um champagne yeah well thank you for you know coming out to spend time with me on my birthday it was a it was a good time was it your 21st birthday no no mm -mm. no that was 23rd 23rd okay yeah no that was fun that was a good time yeah shout out to champagne was... if we have any listeners shout out to shambana 
all of our lovely listeners out there. We've got to have at least one. I hope so. If you're in the Shambana area and you listen, let us know. But yes, so today we're going to talk about catfishing. Um, catfishing. And which my get... dumbass thought was fish related. I would never, first of all. <laughs> it's much juicier than that. So let's let's get into it, shall we? Yeah. We absolutely shall. And also we're just gonna throw it out there. Um, there's been, like, no research on catfishing, because no. it's kind of a newer, it's not even that much newer, um, but it's a relatively new phenomena, so there is not a ton of research. So Not, some like, of this formal like, research, anyway. Yeah, so we have, like, some stuff from studies and some stuff that is purely speculative, so... Here we go. So for those of you who, like me in grad school, have no idea what catfishing is, we will explain. So catfishing is pretending to be somebody that you're not on the internet in a relationship. So from a wide variety, it could be so many different things, but basically just the premises of you're reaching out to people for a relationship, either friendship or romantic relationship, and you're pretending to be somebody that you're not. So usually catfishers have lied about one major characteristic, could be their age, sexual orientation, their appearance, their gender identity, biological sex, whatever. So it could be any number of things. Sometimes, you know, somebody is accurate about all their life experience and just sends photos of somebody that they're not to lead the person to believe that they appear differently than they do. But also sometimes it'll be a male pretending to be a female or an adult pretending to be a child or a child pretending to be an adult. So lots of different ways. Um, The coin, the term was first coined. Man, I'm tired. You're good. Sorry, guys. <laughs> we'll edit it out, and I will sound amazing. Um, it was in the 2010 documentary, Nev Shulman? Neve. Is that? Neve? I don't know how to pronounce it. It's okay. Neve. I watch Neve it too much, Shulman. so I do know. Shulman. Lauren will help us with pronunciation. Um, so he learned that a woman he had developed an online relationship over nine months was actually fake. Um, it was a different woman who claimed to be her mother mm-hmm. had used pictures from a model's account to create the complicated phony relationship so let it was really him... twisted yeah so led him to believe that she was this other person um she was not and weirdly enough from my research this morning on the term it actually came from the woman's husband yes who interviewed, who was talking about... And had no idea. Right. Like, he was talking... Where he was, like, weirdly okay with his wife having done this, which I guess, like, way to be a supportive spouse, but, like, maybe ask some follow-up questions about why your wife is doing this. Yep. But he told some anecdote about cod being shipped in tanks to Alaska and then being, like flavorless and weird by the time they got there and like putting catfish in with the cod to keep it lively and keep them moving and so he said some people are just like the catfish keeping things lively and like 
that's where the term came from. So, from some dude's husband. I mean, yeah, he did seem... I've never actually watched the original documentary, but... Oh, it's twisted. It's really good, actually. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I will, but I did hear that, yeah, he was, like, weirdly okay with his wife. And the woman was very just strange, um... And you could tell just, like, how uncomfortable Neve is when he finally meets her. Like, oh my gosh, like, you're the person, like, I had, like, this online sexual relationship with. And it was, like, this older woman who was taking care of, like, I want to say, like, she had a disabled husband, if I remember it right. Um, mm-hmm. But it was it was just really interesting. And the second thing that's interesting about that is he actually got catfished a second time. He got catfished a second time. Mm-hmm. What happened the second time? So the second time he was talking to this woman online, um, never met her, and basically without meeting her, like agreed to have her be his like assistant, and then found out that like she did it to get like his sign on information so that like she could like mm. talk to people and stuff like that. And, but it was just, like, so crazy because, like, oh, my God, it's happening a second time. <laughs> like, for, like, a different reason, but it's just very interesting. Yeah, I was reading a whole article on celebrity catfishing, and apparently uh, Iggy Azalea mm-hmm. was briefly catfished by oh, her they? own mother. What? Because she found, like, this weird fan account and was like, oh, like, this fan is really cool and, like, reached out to the fan and was talking to them for a while. Um, And it's not, like, the strictest catfish thing because I don't think it was intentional, but I guess they talked for a long while and her mom finally texted her and be like, you know that's my fan account, right? (laughs) That you're messaging, but she thought it was someone else. So it wasn't, like, an intentional, it was more, like, accidental, but they put that on the list. And I'm like, it's not strictly catfishing, but it is hilarious, and, you know. And I'm sure, like, that was hard for her mom to be like, oh, like, this isn't, like, another person, like, who is a fan of yours and thinks you're really cool, it's just me and your mom. (laughs) Like, you know, she probably didn't want to hurt her feelings. Right, right. I mean, like, how... Just, like, weird going off of Neve in the documentary. How would you feel if you found out your husband was catfishing someone? Mortified. I would be I would so not mortified. Cool. I'd be like, what I, in the hell is happening? I would assume, like, something was, like, mentally wrong. Like, I would confront him and then take him to get an MRI completed because... It's just like, I'm gonna need you to get an MRI and a full psychiatric workup. Like, <laughs> and then we ass. can talk. And then we can talk about this. Yeah, I I would not be like, oh, he just likes to keep things interesting and mix it up. I would I would have significant concerns. Um, so that's kind of yeah. I can't. I don't. Do you know anyone that's been catfished? Um, I'm well. I guess this would count as catfishing. I remember when I was little, um, probably in, like, middle school, do you remember there was, like, a website called, like, Pogo Games, where you could go online and play games, and then there was, like, a side chat? I have never heard of this. Okay. But okay. So it was big on AOL. Um, And so I would go on there, and I would, like, play these games, and then chat on, like, this online chat room with people. And I remember there was, like, a time where, like, this person was, like, oh, yeah, like, I'm, like, from Britain and, like, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, me being, like, in middle school, I was, like, oh, do you know David Beckham? Like, blah, blah, blah. And they're, like, oh, yes, of course. Like, 
whatever. And then they were, like, asking, like, more and more, like, personal information about me and, like, where I was going that day. And I was like, oh, I'm going to, like, this certain mall that was, like, close to my house. They're like, oh, actually, like, I can meet you there, like, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, well, clearly this person's not in Britain if they're trying to, like, meet with me. And I remember getting in, like, so much trouble that I talked to this person. But it's just creepy stuff like that where, like, obviously that was, like, an adult, like, in my area who was being weird. Right. And the thing is, like, catfishing in and of itself can be easily connecting to stalking, to pedophilia, even to sexploitation, um, which if you're not familiar, our listeners, sexploitation is when somebody on the internet creates a relationship with a person and gets them to send provocative pictures of them. That's step one. Uh, And usually these are often teenage girls that are victims of sexploitation um and then after they send initial pictures the person will essentially well they've usually probably done this before but have gotten personal information have hacked and researched to the point where they know things about where this person goes to school where their parents work all of these different things and basically says hey if you don't keep sending me pornography that you're making of yourself i'm going to send these images that you sent to me to your mom's boss and to everyone at your school and to this this and this it's a form of exploitation and blackmail um that will oftentimes start with catfishing where it's like yes i am a 16 year old boy at the neighboring school i am in love with you let us date um so also just a good general warning uh for parents and teenagers out there don't post what school you go to and where Ever. your parents work and that type of personal information on social media. Please keep your social media private and don't talk to strangers on the internet. Uh, general, just a general, general thing, you, warning. General warning, right? Because the thing is, there are there are so many things that can go horribly wrong with catfishing and ultimately like you don't know who you're talking to and you can try you know i know at one point in time i was i talking to a guy through an online dating site that lived in a different state than i did because he was moving to the state that i'm in to come to school in a couple months and he was just trying to make friends but, like, I knew he wasn't catfishing with me because I Skype, I made him Skype me, like, pretty much a couple days into talking. Where I was like, hey, can we video yeah. chat? And he's like, yeah, sure. Like, which, you know, now there are some ways you can fake video chats and fake stuff. But for the most part, if people are willing to video chat with you and prove who they are, probably fine. But, right. you know, maybe and not always. And we got some so- tips of how to not get catfished. <laughs> We're going to go in that again, but also blanket statement, don't talk to strangers on the internet uh, in most situations. Yes. Just, you know, general safety tip. And if you're selling things on the internet, uh, this is just a tip that I know I used. If you're selling things on Facebook Marketplace or Virage Sale or anything, check to see if your local police or fire station have internet uh, purchase Bots. Um, I know Sounds our police right. department. Yeah, we actually have full on for child custody exchanges and internet exchanges, uh, where you park at the you know fire station or whatever, and they have video 
of there. There's a camera there just to make sure that you don't get robbed or murdered by the person. Um, so, you know, check. Meet in public places. And also just don't talk to strangers on the internet. Yes. Uh, tirade over. Briefly. Very I'm sure important. it's going to come back in this episode. I have a lot of feelings on this. Um, so teenagers will also engage in impersonation online, usually to humiliate and embarrass their targets. They might use fake identities to get into fake relationships and then use the information they gathered to embarrass and bully the target, which is cyberbullying. Um, and then the most sinister type of catfishing would be pedophiles attempting to get in contact with children on the internet. Um, and sexploitation can be a part of that as well. It can be pedophilic in nature, may or may not be, depending, but... Yeah, lots of lots of creepy people on the internet mm-hmm. trying to get in contact with children and other people. Yes. It's not good. Not good at all. Alright. Alright, so now we're going to get into some of the psychological factors um, that victims experience, so the people who are actually getting catfished. Um, Mm -hmm. So after you experience going through this, it definitely creates self-doubt. You know, you have doubt about what's reality, what's fake. You probably Mm -hmm. doubt yourself um, in a lot of different areas and your own judgment. So I can see that having a lot of long-lasting effects. Um, Mm -hmm. Diminished self-esteem. You know, you know, a lot of times, like especially like in the show Catfish, you see people asking themselves like, you know, I must be really dumb that I fell for this and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, Neve and whoever his co-host is does a good job of just like normalizing it that like a lot of times people are really deceptive. Um, so it definitely messes with your self-esteem. Um, people who are catfished become emotionally invested in the other person and the relationship while the catfisher does not. Um, so they really invest and care about this person or you know this image that they have in their head of this person um most of the time the person who is catfishing them you know doesn't you know they're definitely trying to exploit them for one reason or another Mm -hmm. um it can be devastating in the sense that they're falling in love with someone that actually doesn't exist um so that could be you know definitely like a grief experience if you think about it in that way um it involves changing one's life goals or making major life decisions based upon a lie. Um, you know, you see that a lot in the show that people definitely like uproot their lives and like move places or uh, like make plans or believe that they have like a child with somebody like in some like extreme cases where, you know, it completely uproots their life and people are willing to do that because they think that they have this relationship with somebody Right, and to them, the relationship is absolutely real. Mm-hmm. Like, if you think about how many people you've met in your life who have been in online relationships, it's not that uncommon now, especially amongst, you know, certain smaller sets of the population. In terms of young people, it's not all that abnormal to be in, you know, quote-unquote relationships with people that you meet online, And the thing is, it's not that it's always bad to have online relationships, but you really have to make sure that you know the person and the person is who they say they are because there's just so many unknowns. And I think ultimately there's a, you know, there are cases where people meet online and they're long distance and it ends up working out. But there's also lots of cases where that's not true. Absolutely. 
Um, another thing that's important to keep in mind is just the embarrassment of it all. A lot of people, after it happens, like, they don't, like, want to talk about it and are so embarrassed. Um, but there is, like, this need to expose people who do this so that they don't continue doing it to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that happens often is monetary loss. So some people who catfish will solicit, will solicit money, um, gifts, combination of those things. The people are willing to do it because they think they're in a relationship with somebody. Well, there was also, um, a woman, I can't remember her name at the top of my head, who was actually, um catfishing celebrities mm-hmm. for a long time and she did it to multiple people yep. where she would send them pictures of children with cancer and be like oh this is my daughter she loves your show she loves your music she does all these things and convince these people these celebrities who of course have money have resources and usually, a, like, a decent amount of celebrities are pretty willing to, you know, send an autographed photo to a sick child yeah. who's a fan or, like, donate money or flowers or something. And then would tell these people, like, oh, my child died. And they would send things and then later found out, like, this woman didn't have a kid dying of cancer. Like, she was just Googling pictures of kids with cancer and sending them to these celebrities Which to get. really morbid. Yeah. Yeah money donation and actually when one of the things that i found out and lauren i didn't know if you see this but the amount of catfishers who when people are getting too insistent on meeting like will then pretend to be a person's friend and just tell them that they died yep that's super common which is also like imagine the trauma of thinking somebody that you loved died and right. then finding out that they never existed in the first place that's so traumatic to a person yeah, in the show they talk about, I think he says, like, the three C's. So if the excuse is, um, I suddenly have cancer, that's always, like, a big red flag. Um, another one is a car accident. So on the way to, like, finally meet each other, all of a sudden somebody gets in a car accident. That's, like, a big red flag. And then there's another one. It uh, It may just be, like, it's not C, but, like, basically, like, dying. Like, all of a sudden, like, they die, and you hear from, like, a friend. Right. And, I mean, obviously, like, people can get into car accidents on the way to a date, right? Like, that one can happen, but, like, that's so like, eventually rare. you make up like, the date, you know? Eventually you get together at some point. Usually if somebody got into a car accident on the way to a first date with you, you're going to get an immediate, like, I'm so sorry, I got into a fender bender, I'm going to be like, can you meet later? Or like, next time, or like, I had to go to the hospital, or, you know, they'll tell you, and they'll make plans to meet another time, and they'll keep going with those plans, right? It's not like, with catfishing, they will consistently come up with these weird excuses, where it's like... I read somewhere people, they said they had, like, gotten to a car accident three times mm-hmm. on three dates. And it's just, like, either no. you are the worst driver on the planet or, like, yeah, you're lying at that point in time. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's just, oof, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, like, with victims, too, like, it definitely impacts their future decision-making capabilities and, and trusting that they can make good decisions. 
Um, and they experience a loss of time, energy, and resources into a relationship or a person that doesn't exist. So, I mean, if you think about just, like, the sheer time spent with somebody who doesn't exist, like, it's just crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and naturally, Absolutely. that leads to trust issues. Yeah. Of course. So, some of the main reasons, because there's lots of different motivations um, for somebody to catfish. So, looking at some things, um, low self-esteem can be one, particularly if people think that they are unattractive and wish that they looked differently. They may want to create an identity with a different person um, to do appearance. And you'll even see this um, kind of a common thing that's not even necessarily catfishing per se, but like people on online dating pictures using old pictures of them using younger pictures of them using what i know there was a guy that i went on a date with in grad school who used a picture that was a couple years old that hid the fact that his hair had gone entirely gray um in his 20s which which does happen Uh but it's just like i literally couldn't find him at the place we were supposed to meet because you used a picture of you with brown hair right like it's so it's certain things like which is not really catfish but it's like kind of a minor where like yeah look deception right so there's like the deception where it's like a younger picture or you've photoshopped it or you've done other things um but a lot of times in catfishing they will just take pictures of models yeah or take pictures of other people like like friends of friends Right. So they'll use all the photos from somebody's, like, Instagram. And actually, if you just look up catfishing stories, a lot of them are people who are just like, yeah, I ended up finding the real person and alerting them to the fact that somebody was doing it. They're like, they were taking screenshots of, you know, people's Instagram stories and putting that on their Tinder and, like, all this other stuff. Yeah. Um, so in some cases, they are pretty much full on cyber stalking the person they're pretending to be. Yep is alarming Uh, revenge for being jilted or hurt in the past Mm -hmm. there are i believe this comes up a couple times on catfish since you're a fan you can specify but i know there's somewhere it's like it's like somebody's ex is catfishing them to try to destroy their lives or like i think there was one where it was his cousin yes that happens or like a friend is like oh you tried taking my man so like now i'm like gonna do this to you like i'm gonna ruin your life because you hit on my partner or something um so yeah like revenge maybe on the person who you know they feel jilted by but could also be somebody completely unrelated um just creating a life or a persona like being something different than who they actually are Especially if they're um, so, in, like, a bad situation where they're, like, you know, like, a caregiver who's, like, taking care of somebody with, like, disabilities and can't, like, really get out or, like, um, you know, homeless and, you know, want to hide that fact and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it could be, you know, a wish fulfillment or escapism type of thing. Um and soliciting money or gifts from another person. Sometimes it is purely financial. Sometimes it's just attention seeking. Mm-hmm. Um, where they're just trying to get attention. 
just trying to, they just, you know, feel like they're not getting enough attention in real life, so they go to the internet. Um, sexual identity anxiety. So this is one that I, I think I feel a bit more sympathetic towards Me the too. catfishers in this, where it's somebody who typically identifies as, you know, somewhere on the LGBTQ plus spectrum, right? Where they could be gay, they could be a lesbian, maybe they're bisexual, maybe they're trans, and it can be like taking on that role. Like, you know, for example, if you're gay in a small town yep. where it's not accepted, pretending to be a woman on the internet might allow you to, you know, be in a romantic relationship with a male and get that emotional experience without having to deal with the stigma or, you know... For some trans people, there are some cases of catfishing where they pretend, like, to be... And the issue isn't that they're saying, you know, I'm a woman, if they're a trans woman. It's, like, that taking pictures of other people and right. being a completely different and not just saying, like, oh, I'm a trans woman, like, this is it. But, um, which I get, it's complicated. Some people are not okay with that. And there's a lot of complicated issues with that. But if you're still pretending to be a fully different person, you're still catfishing. If you're, right. you know... Samantha and you're pretending to be this other person and you're using young pictures of Heidi Klum like you're still being deceptive like you're not being it Um, but in some cases it is it is in a way you know trying on those roles in a way that is more acceptable um, which I I can understand how that one does happen Um, loneliness a big one you're just lonely particularly if you're not having good luck romantically so you're trying to pretend to be somebody else uh boredom bringing excitement into their lives um i strongly suggest if you're bored play the sims yep that's a easier way to that's a that's a way to get excitement in your life and And pretend pretend to be be somebody yeah then you're not uh doesn't really harm other people uh, lack of confidence. Being overweight is a big one yeah, with the I've appearance. Um, particularly if you've been largely discriminated against um, or been unable to find a romantic partner and people are citing that as the reason. It could lead people to, you know, post pictures from when they were younger or post pictures of an entirely different person. Mm-hmm. Um, and just general insecurity. And, you know, again, I think there's definitely a spectrum totally cat fishing and that can kind of change how damaging it is but it's like because obviously there's a difference between pretending to be somebody else if you're just like casually chatting with strangers and then you're not actually seeking a relationship but when you're seeking a genuine relationship or monetary gifts from somebody and you're being deceitful it's gonna harm that person when they find out Mm -hmm. and i feel like this is one of those things like they're usually gonna find out yep a lot of times they do so good to be be cautious and don't catfish people please please (laughs) we're begging you all right so um there's also something known as the online disinhibition effect Um, So this is uh, where the potential for anonymity loosens up um, social and moral codes when you're online. Um, So this means the need to be a certain way to fit into society seems distant. 
Um, and it ends up freeing up mental space to explore the dimmer, darker bits of our personalities without fearing stigma. And I think we all see this online. You know, people just mm-hmm. saying, like, things that they would never say to, like, another person in person. Um, and just, you know, the freedom of looking into things that they feel like, you know, people aren't going to see um, because it is online. So, I mean, we see this mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah, and I mean, it comes up in so many different ways, um, you know, as people living in America. I think we can both verify that during this previous election cycle we definitely saw some people saying things that they would never say to another person's face um i also think that fat shaming is a big example of the online disinhibition effect because it's a lot of times people will say like commenting on people's instagram pictures like you're so unhealthy you need to go on a diet you're fat you're ugly and it's this thing and i'm like i don't know about you But I have never really seen that happen in person all that often. I'm sure it does with a specific type of person um, where it's just like... Like nobody like confronts anybody like that. Like I've heard people make shitty comments like privately or like off to the side. But like no one's like, hey, like I think this about you. Like that doesn't really happen. Right, and even, you know, like, back during my youthful online dating phase, which was a fucking disaster, if I'm gonna be honest, it was terrible. <laughs> Lawrence heard the stories, right? Yes. But, like, I I was bigger than I am now. I lost, like, 50 pounds a couple years ago, right? Like, I was bigger, and it was a whole, like, nobody ever said anything to my face right i think one times one of my close friends was like that is a lot of cookies that you packed for lunch there found out didn't actually know the right serving size for cookies like but that was like a close friend and a more helpful like hey why'd you Mm. pack that many oreos that seems like a lot of oreos like what's going on but um i was binge eating that was going on so that was actually helpful right but like dudes online would just be like sorry i don't date fat chicks or like would say these horrible things to me online like they'd see profile pictures and they're like you're a whale and i'm like what nobody would ever say that to my face nobody was just like hey you've gained a lot of weight other than my doctor my doctor straight up told me that i had gained too much weight but you know Again, Ugh. that was a doctor who weighed me in every year that was like, what's happening, Megan? You seem like something's happening, right? But it's this whole thing where, like, just because it's online, people feel like they can say things that they would never say to another human being in person. Right, right. Ugh, that's so gross. I hate people that yeah. do that too. Could have just left it. I hate people. I just hate people. Just, just hate people. We love people, but... Not all the time. Not all the time. <laughs> you know who we're talking to, <laughs> people. Um, so I'm going to tell you a bit about the one catfishing study that has happened uh, that we could find. It's an Australian study. Um, and it was, they recruited 27 people from around the world who self-identified as catfish. So number one, very small sample size. Again, yep. new field of research. These are self-identified catfishers. Not that many people are going to be like, yo, I catfish people. Yep. So, 
a bit complicated to actually find them. So we got 27 people who identified as catfishers to do interviews online with these Australian researchers about why they catfish people. So here are the main results. Um, 41% of the people indicated that loneliness was part of the reason. One respondent said, I just wanted to be more popular and make friends that could talk to me some part of the day. So that it's indicating a level of loneliness where you have no one to talk to, and in which case pretending to be someone else. Again, I don't agree with the methodology, but you can kind of understand how that level of loneliness could lead people to making these choices. Sure. Um, dissatisfaction with personal appearance was also a common theme with about one third of responses. A direct quote. I had lots of self-esteem problems. I actually consider myself ugly and unattractive. The only way I have had relationships has been online and with a false identity. Wow. Yeah. Which is very sad. Um, but again, it's the person indicating. They're not saying that people have told them that's why they haven't had relationships i would venture to get i feel like you're ignoring variables if it's i personally find myself unattractive and i've never been able to have relationships mm -hmm. that may or may not actually have anything to do with your own reason that you're single right i always like to tell people um this is my favorite reframe for feeling like you're unattractive is you're not your own type and that's yep. okay, right? You thinking you're not attractive doesn't mean that you're unattractive. It means that you are not the type of person that you yourself are attracted to, which is fine. There is probably somebody who finds you attractive, right? That's I'm a good saying, one. Yeah, where it's just like, you're not your own type. I'm not my own type. Yep. Which is fine. Totally fine, right? Doesn't actually mean anything about my appearance other than... uh. I mean, number one, I prefer men, so really that kind of rules me out as my own type in right. the first place. But it's just like, you know, I think nobody looks like what they would have chosen themselves to look like if they got to pick. And that doesn't necessarily mean anything, but we can jump to those conclusions as a huge cognitive distortion. But you can see if somebody genuinely believes that they are so unattractive that nobody could possibly love them you can see how they would jump to the conclusion of, oh, I can pretend to be someone else and mm -hmm. then someone will love me versus multiple other factors of, like, why you're having difficulty in relationships. There's lots of reasons. Yep. Um, another direct quote about the appearance part is, if I try to send my unreal, unedited pictures to anyone who seems nice, they stop responding to me. It's a form of escapism or a way of testing what life would be like if you were the same person, but more physically attractive. Mm. Um, some reported using false identities or personas to explore their sexuality or gender identity. Direct quote here was... I was catfishing women because I am attracted to women but have never acted on it. I pretended to be a man as I would prefer to be in the male role of a heterosexual relationship than a female in a homosexual relationship. Ah, that makes sense. So that's kind of a, you know, it's a complicated thing to want so you can see why pretending to be a man would be the easiest way for them to explore that in their mind. Um, so that... I can understand that. Again, I don't condone lying to people into relationships, right. but I understand the thought process behind it. 
it all um, kind of boils down to consent and like the person yeah. isn't consenting to that you know right and that's ultimately like relationships consent is not just sexual although in a lot of catfishing it is a sexual relationship mm-hmm. uh via the internet so like consent is key and if you're deceiving people about who you actually are then they're not consenting to the reality of the situation which is inherently a problem yep um just like if you're asking someone for money for your sick child and they agree to give you money for your sick child, but they don't, you don't actually have a sick child. They're not agreeing to give you money nope. for whatever you want. They're agreeing to give you money because of your sick child. Yep. Um, more than two thirds of the respondents mentioned a desire to escape. So I said it could seem magical being able to escape your insecurities, but in the end, it only worsens them. Which that makes sense, right? Because you're actually backing up the whole like, oh, I can do this online. Mm -hmm. Therefore, my insecurity, like I am actually that terrible because people will only date me if I'm someone else online. Like it really is building up negative things instead of addressing the actual underlying issue. Right. Uh, Many reported feelings of guilt and self-loathing about deceiving people. They said, it's hard to stop the addiction. Reality hit and I felt like a shitty human. Yeah, so I'm sure at some point to avoid that reality, people just keep engaging in it to just avoid that feeling of like, oh, that was really bad that I did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, more than one third of them uh, said that they wanted to actually tell their victims and complain about it, that they did have the desire. And some had had actually gone so far as to tell the person that they were catfishing them and had been able to continue the relationship with them like the fr- and I did read that in the sub- in a couple of things where people are like yeah I was so mad at them but we had this really good friendship connection and so I ended up forgiving them and continuing as friends mm. in a more real situation um and then Somewhat surprisingly, about a quarter of the respondents said they began catfishing out of practicality. So the example they gave was being too young for a website or a game meant I had to lie about my age to people, and I built a persona around that. Oh. Um, so, like, kids who they want to join a platform, but they're not old enough. Like, for example, Instagram, I think you have to be 13, mm-hmm. which I think is too young. Yeah, that's but way too young. tangent... Uh, we're not going to go on a tangent about why teenagers shouldn't be on Instagram, but like most things, gaming websites, you might have to be 13, 15 to get on it. So kids will obviously put in a fake birth date. It's not that hard to put in a fake birth date if you really want to. But then if they have a chat component, you're not going to tell other people, oh, I'm 12. You're going to have to be like, oh, I am this age. This is what I do. Like you kind of have to build on the lie. And then if you happen to develop relationships amongst that, you're already built on a lie. So that is kind of a almost accidental catfishing. But you could see how it kind of starts like that web of thinking. Starts that neural pathway. Um, Yeah, so now we're going to get into some signs you may be being catfished in case you're curious about what to look out for. Mm -hmm. Um, so one is they don't want to talk over the phone. Um, you know, some people may just really not like talking over the phone, but what we've learned from Catfish, the TV show, is sometimes they won't talk to you on the phone so that you don't figure out who their voice, uh, what the voice sounds like, because it could identify, 
oh, they might be a different gender or they might be someone that you know. Um, mm-hmm. And that would be easier to identify. Yeah. And the thing is also, I think if somebody doesn't want to talk over the phone because they have some issue with phone, like some anxiety about it, usually they're very willing to brainstorm alternatives that they're comfortable with. So they're not going to be like, no, I'm too anxious. They might be. They'll be like, but I'm comfortable with this, this, and this. Do you like any of those options? Like, maybe they're comfortable with sending voice memos or other things. So, like, if they're just shutting it down entirely versus saying, I don't like that, let's kind of negotiate and find a middle ground, that would be a big red flag. Right. Or, like, I, I hate being on the phone, but I think if I were in a situation where, you know, I needed to talk to somebody and, like, prove who I am, I'd be willing to be like, okay, like, I'll call and have a conversation with you, like, this one time, but if we could just text after that, I feel more comfortable. Right, like, I hate talking on the phone, but, like, I don't mind video chatting. No. At all. So usually I'd be like, I don't like the phone, can we just, like, Zoom or something? Like, yeah. And then that, again, is obviously, like, I'm not hiding my anxiety, my identity. Because it's like, yeah, let's just Zoom. I hate phone calls. Yeah, exactly. Um, The other one is they make excuses for face-to-face contact, um, as we've talked about before. Even if, you know, God forbid you do get in a car accident on your way to a date, usually people will follow up and be like, okay, you know, I have to take care of this, but what are you doing next week? Like, that's, Mm -hmm. like, more of the norm. Right. Or even, like, I mean, if you have a concussion or some injury and you won't be able to meet a while, like, I'd imagine you'd probably send, like, a selfie from the hospital and, like, explain, like, hey, I still want to meet you, but I have a concussion and whiplash and I will not be leaving my home for the next three weeks. (laughs) So that is the situation. Catch me on Skype. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um. Yeah, so the next one is they try to speed up the relationship process. Um, So a good question that they brought up in the article I read was, has there been an equal balance and share of personal information between you two? So I think that's a really good way to kind of check. Um, You know, one, are they trying to speed up certain things, like getting really involved in, like, intimacy and very personal questions of yours? Um, do you know personal information about them or is it all about you and your personal information? If so, that's kind of sus. Mm-hmm. Um, they ask you for money. Usually, <laughs> and I mean, online dating is, is, is different. Um, and I always joke around with my husband cause we're like, Oh, I'm so happy that like we missed that like online dating era. <laughs> like we didn't mm-hmm. have to go through that. But, like, usually when you're dating somebody, why on earth would you ask them for money? Like, that just, like, that's not, like, a natural thing that comes up. Right. And, I mean, even, I'm, so I did do online dating. I actually did end up meeting my husband in person, so we didn't meet online. Right. Um, but I'm, like, trying to think. I don't, I think the first time he probably, we asked the other one for money, like, we were already living together. And it was like, hey, I'm short this week. Can you cover growth or whatever? Yeah. I don't think I've ever just straight up been like, give me money. Well, and also, too, like, like, the only reasonable reason I could think of that that would come up is, like, somebody's buying, like, concert tickets and you want to pay for, like, half of it. But then, like, right. you, you are able to see, like, oh, I got the tickets, like, here's, like, a printout, you know, like, stuff like that. 
Right, like typically if you're dating somebody, exchanges of money are going to be for shared experiences. Like, yeah. let's go do this. Like, I know we would split money for dates a lot or like would alternate paying or that kind of thing. But it wasn't just straight up like, hey, I'm financially struggling. Give me money. Um, right, or like I'll pay which, your rent for you. Like, when I was dating, I was broke. Like, I couldn't do that, and I wasn't going to. Well, and it's also just thinking about, like, normal bound- normal relationship boundaries. Like, it is strange to ask somebody you just met to pay for your rent, unless that somebody you just met is a social worker in a rent assistance program, and it's literally their job to walk you through, right? Pro- right? It's such a thing where it's like, no, it's abnormal, to ask somebody, I mean, unless it's like a GoFundMe or something, yeah. that's more typical. But it would be very, very strange if you're dating someone in person, if they just like started paying for your rent. I guess unless it is an agreed upon sugar daddy or sugar mama situation where that is the type of relationship that you have explicitly agreed to. Right. But yeah, just weirdly right. asking for money. Yeah. Strange. Another one is um, they never send a picture of themselves in the moment. So a tip that actually came from Neve was um, one thing you can do if you're concerned is ask them for a photo of them doing something or holding something specific because it's unlikely that they'll found a photo that looks just like that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's like a really good like piece of advice. Like, you know, if this is really you, like hold up a picture or take a picture of you holding up, like, a fork or, you know, just something weird and, like, specific so that way you know, like, okay, this is actually the person I'm talking to. And make sure that they're sending you, that you're the one requesting it. Because I was reading a story where they were starting to, you know, be aware of the person and the person was like, fine, do you want a picture of me in a yellow shirt or a pink shirt? And she said yellow, so they sent one immediately, but they're like, oh, that's because they had, those were the photos of the person that they had. It wasn't. So, like, you can just be like, hey, could you send me a picture of yourself with today's newspaper or with a spoon on your head or just something very, very bizarre? Yeah. Because, I mean, I remember even now, like, I'll send my husband dumb selfies when I'm out and about if funny things happen. But, like, when we were dating, it would be like, oh, I'm hanging out with my dog. I'm at this restaurant. I'm with friends. And you'd, like, send a picture in the moment of, like, you, like, oh, I'm at Target. It'd be, like, a funny picture of Target and then, like, deodorant or something. Like, you just yeah. send pictures that would naturally come up, not... It would never just be like, ah, here's me on a boat. Like, you just kind of, like, send pictures of doing normal stuff throughout the day. And if you're not getting that from a it's person. kind of weird. If they're sending, like, very formal pictures all of the time, it's, yeah. like, a bit of a red flag. Totally. Um, another one that's good is the people you trust in your life seem suspicious of this person. So it says the people you love most in your life are probably looking out for your best interests. So if they don't seem totally sold on someone you're talking to, there's probably a reason for that. When you're falling for someone, your judgment could get clouded by your feelings, which is Mm -hmm. true. Usually people that care about you will step in and be like, Hey, like I'm concerned about this. This seems really weird. Absolutely. Um, 
Another one is their photos show up on reverse Google images. So Neve showed us how to do this. You can look up people's pictures and make sure it doesn't actually belong to somebody else. Um, You don't see them interact with anyone in their real life. So if you're friends with them, like on social media and you don't see like their best friend, like posting and taking like pictures with them, like it doesn't seem like they interact with people in real life. That's usually a big red flag too. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last one that a lot of articles brought up was just gut feelings. Usually if it feels like something's off, it usually is. Mm-hmm. Um, another one that I came across in my own research just from reading stories is not necessarily a red flag in terms of your relationship with a person. But if the person that introduced you to whoever you're in the relationship with like if it's somebody who introduced them or if um and and this will make more sense when I'm getting into my story but if the person that you're in a relationship with has had you meet up with one of their friends in real life but not them (laughs) and that person has multiple phones with them and is suspicious about one of their phones because that came up in a few where it's like oh my friend introduced me to this guy friend they had that went to a different school and eventually and I found it it was that friend and they're like my friend had two phones which she explained by saying her parents were divorced and they were like fighting for her attention with gifts and they had each gotten her a phone so she had two but they're like but there was one that she would always take with her, that she would never set down, that she would never do that, and ultimately found out that girl was catfishing her as the guy she'd introduced her to. Right. So it's like different double phones can not always be suspicious. Some people have multiple phones for work or a very valid reason. But if somebody who's involved in the person you're in the online relationship with has multiple phones and is a bit shady about one of them, there is a chance that they are catfishing you. Or like, oh, I can't um, meet up with you, but my friend's in town. Why don't you go hang out with them? It's like, usually that's the person that you're actually talking to. I cannot think of any situation in which, like, it's like, oh, you're dating somebody. You're supposed to be dating someone and you can't meet up with them. Oh, like, go out with my friend instead. Like, that's just yeah, kind of a like, strange Yeah, or like, if you're like, do. oh, I can't be there, go hang out with Lauren. Like, one, you would never do that. And two, I'd be like, what the fuck? No. Like, I don't like, want to no. do this. Like, <laughs> like, why would your friend be like, yeah, I'll go hang out with them? Yeah. So, just, you know, things to keep in mind. Um, so we got stories for days. Um <laughs> stories for days but this one is is pretty bad um it kind of brings in a lot of different factors related to catfishing so like huge trigger warning um for a bunch of things um murder uh pedophilia um trying to think of other ones just all all the dark shit just be aware (laughs) just uh warnings on warnings on warnings yes Um, So this actually happened not that long ago. Um, It was in 2019 in Anchorage, Alaska. Um, So there is a girl named Denali Bramer, and she had a friend named Cynthia Hoffman. Um, In articles, people also referred to to her as Cece. Um, The news source that I used for the majority of this story is um, an article by BuzzFeed News uh, called Please Say a Teen Killed Her Friend at a Catfish 
after a catfish promised her $9 million for the murder footage, um, and it was by Tanya Chen. So shout out to Tanya. Um, so yeah, so Denali ended up talking to a man online for months that went by the name Tyler. Apparently, in real life, his name was Darren Shilmer, who was 21 from New Salisbury, Indiana. Um, but he told Denali that his name was Tyler. And at the time, I want to say Denali was maybe like 14, and then Tyler was supposedly 16, but in real life, he was 21. Um, and he lied to her and he said that he lived in Kansas and that he was a millionaire. Um, shortly after talking, the two developed an online relationship. So according to Alaskan officials um, who had recovered the cell phone records, it ended up showing the two discussing a plan to rape and murder someone in Alaska and an offer of nine or more million dollars to carry out the murder and to have photographs of what took place. Hmm. Yes. So then what ended up happening next is Denali then recruited the help of four of her friends um, it included 19-year-old Caleb Leland, 16-year-old Caden McIntosh, and there are a couple other accomplices that were not named in the court records. Um, officials said that Leland told them after the crime was committed that he had been promised 500000 for his role. Um, so, you know, what we can kind of conclude from that is that Denali had promised these people that if they helped her, they would be compensated financially in some way. Um... Also, according to Alaskan officials, um, what ended up happening is Denali lured Hoffman to Thunderbird Falls Trail on June 2nd under the guise that she and this group of friends were going to go on a hike. Um, At one point on the trail, the group then bound Hoffman's hands and feet with duct tape before she was shot in the head. Yeah. Denali then um, texted... uh, uh, Hoffman's family or Cece's family um, soon after the killing and said, you know, she had been dropped off at another state park, you know, basically trying to create an alibi. Mm-hmm. That's awful. Very awful. Um, so on June 4th, Denali ended up actually confessing to shooting Cynthia in the head. Um, she ended up getting charged with conspiracy and murder in the first degree, two counts of second degree murder, and five counts of tampering with evidence. Um, and this was apparently up to about 30 years in prison. After she had gotten sentenced, she later ended up realizing that she had been catfished and she had notified the authorities that she had been solicited to commit murder. So then, um, on June 9th, so just, you know, five days later, uh, they got in contact with Shill Miller, and he confessed to the federal agents in Indiana um, that he was playing this role of Tyler and his involvement in the killing. He told officials that he had planned it for three weeks um, and that Denali was in full communication with him during the killing, um, which included sending him Snapchat photos and videos. Mm. Very disgusting. Um, Jill Miller also confessed to planning to kill another person and plans to blackmail Denali afterward, um, by having her rape people and use that for blackmail. According to those documents, um, Jill Miller and Bremer, so Denali and whatever this guy's real name, Darren, 
um, are now both charged with five federal counts related to child pornography as well. Um, so what they ended up finding while looking through evidence is that um, there was a child pornography piece related to their relationship as well. Um, so there's one count of conspiracy to produce child pornography, one count of production of child pornography, two counts of receipt and distribution of child pornography, and one count of coercion and enticement of a minor regarding the later three charges. Um, Shill Miller is charged with the receipt of child pornography and coercion of a minor, while Denali faces the distribution of portion of the charge. Um, so, you know, still to this day, like, this has added an extra layer to um, the case. I don't think they have been finally sentenced yet um, because they're definitely taking this into account. Um, but yeah, so I, I did some research about both of these people, um, Denali, who was the minor, um, and she based on articles that I read, it seems like she had a little bit of a traumatic upbringing. Um, there's an article that talked about, um, or talked with three of her other siblings and talked about their upbringing and how it was traumatic. Um, I believe she was adopted, but a lot of things happened in the adoption process that, um, according to her siblings, you know, they really believed it played a role in why, um, she was willing to do this. I actually have a quote from them. This is from the Alaska News Source. Um, what they said was, we all had really hard lives and I feel like she took the wrong road with wrong people who didn't care about her and now she is paying the ultimate cost. Um, so obviously, you know, we talk about trauma a lot in this podcast and how it, you know, it can have, um, certain unfortunate mental health results and I think from the way it made it sound in the article that you know she deeply wanted connection she deeply wanted to have a partner and I think you know I don't know specifically what trauma she went through but I'm sure it definitely clouded her judgment when it came to making this decision mm -hmm. um I also looked into Darren Schill Schillmuller um and I found an article about him in Must Read, Must Read Alaska. Um, and so with Darren, um, what they ended up finding out is this person was essentially a porn addict um, and had a real issue with child pornography. Um, he didn't, according to the article, um, you know, he had some shame about it. Um, and actually, there's a quote here. So this was an exchange that he talked about, um, so he was texting, uh, what was the girl's name? Uh, Denali. Mm -hmm. So he was texting Denali, and this is what he said. So he goes, I wish I never made a deal with you in the first place. We can meet, but once I see a cop, I'm telling him or her that I made you rape people and killed Cece. I don't even deserve you. I still want kids, but I can't because I have a child porn fetish I'm trying to get over. I have a rape fetish I want to get over, so I can never get help or be in a healthy relationship. Hmm. So he kind of had, like, some awareness of the fact that, like, he can't be in, like, a normal relationship. He can't be a parent, you know, things like that. Um, but obviously was doing a lot of things like this. And there may have been even other things that we don't know about um, mm -hmm. where he was trying to orchestrate this kind of thing. 
Um, but yeah, this is just definitely a darker story of catfishing, um, where he led essentially a child to believe that they were in a relationship um, for the purpose of getting basically like a snuff film. Mm-hmm. Oof. Yeah. Dark that's shit. awful. Mm-hmm. Way to go super dark with it, Lauren. You know, that's what I do. That that's is. I, do. I felt like it pulled in a lot of different things that we talked about. Yeah, yeah, it really did. Uh, my story is uh, no one gets murdered. That's good. Or raped. So great. You know, we're go- we got that going for us. So I am going to talk about a catfishing story that I'm very familiar with. Um, this is the catfishing of Mary Brown. So Lauren, do you know who that is? No, I don't. Okay. So Mary Brown is one of the stars of the TLC show Sister Wives. So basically, there is a man named Cody Brown. He has four wives, Mary, Christine, Janelle, and Robin. Okay. And Mary is his first wife. They got married when she was like 18 or 19, so super young. They got married, and then he, I think Janelle was his second wife, and then Christine came shortly after. And then years later, he married Robin. And they had some marital problems, which feature heavily on the reality show. So basically, they are they are polygamists for religious purposes. They are believers that you have to be in a polygamist marriage to get into heaven, and that women can only go through their husbands or fathers, and men have to have at least three wives in order to get into heaven. Um, and so that's kind of their religious background to it so they're polygamist for religious reasons and mary was his first wife they were having some issues for a long time which they go into depth in another show so i'm not going to bore you but they were not getting along well and back in 2014 2015 cody decided that he was going to legally divorce mary so they're still spiritually married but legally she's not his wife anymore so that he could legally marry Robin and adopt her children, because she had oh. children from a previous marriage. And so he wanted to adopt her kids, so if anything happened to them, since they're the kids that he's raising that he's not biologically related to, he didn't want the, they didn't want them to go back to their dad if something happened to Robin. They wanted them to go to Cody, so he divorced Mary and married Robin. So slightly after this happened, Mary met a guy on Twitter. Ooh. Twitter, a uh, lovely, lovely way to meet a guy on yeah. Twitter. And a guy named Samuel Jacob Cooper. And the two started flirting. Ooh. Little Twitter flirtation. How does one even flirt on Twitter? Because it's like public, right? Like I, I don't know. Think- does like, Twitter just retweet have... everybody or retweet does... each other all the time? Does Twitter have direct messaging? I haven't been I have on no Twitter idea. in... I used to have a Twitter account. That was like eight or nine years ago. I don't have one anymore. Haven't been on it. Um, quite frankly, I just didn't see the point. I was not... I wasn't a fan of it. So anyway, she met this guy on Twitter. She started flirting and the two started talking a whole lot. So they were talking, there were phone calls, there were all of these things happening, and she was very clearly into him. She was into him, she 
talked to him about potentially leaving her husband. There's an episode of Sister Wives while this was going on that she very, very cryptically told the other three wives that, that they might wake up and find her gone one day. Oh, that's so, scary. Implies that she was planning on leaving the family. Um, there are voicemails out there. There are things she did send the gentleman some provocative pictures um, of her in a bathtub. Oh. Of her legs and shoulders. And some provocative pictures. Uh, one, probably the most famous one, is her posing suggestively with a banana. Oh, and, okay. Yeah, and so, I mean, obviously there is something going on between these two mm-hmm. but at some point in time and the details are a little fuzzy but she became suspicious of it because she kept trying to meet up with samuel jacob cooper she kept trying to meet with him and lauren would you believe things kept going horribly wrong when they were trying to meet because obviously yes. obviously this gentleman who she met on Twitter was a millionaire. He was a self-made man, was. a successful businessman, very, very busy. So he kept ditching her, but he would send his assistant instead, Lindsay. So allegedly, from what I could tell, she started getting suspicious. They had plans to... And this gets very shady because, again, keep in mind, she's a married woman. Um, Whether or not you believe in polygamy, she believed herself to be married. That was her conviction. She said she was married. Um, She had a child. She only had one child. And so they had planned to meet up at Disney World and have a chance run-in so that he could meet her daughter. But then he was once again called away on business. And so Lindsay went instead of him. I don't know in what situation you're trying to meet your girlfriend's child and you can't go, so you send your assistant. Yeah, that's very bizarre. That just seems very, very strange. They're... So they planned this. And allegedly during the trip, I've heard two different versions. I've heard one in which she noticed that Lindsay had two phones with her and whenever she would text Sam... Lindsay's phone would go off and Sam would never text her back until Lindsay was conveniently away. You don't say. So she started to get suspicious. Another one was that she saw a poster that had a picture of Sam on it as a musician. Okay. So there was some lot. So nonetheless, she did eventually find out that Sam was not Sam. Sam was a woman by the name of Jackie Overton, who was indeed the assistant, the assistant Lindsay. So she had been in her house. She had used her computer. She had, she knew this woman, as she met her as his assistant. So she had been catfishing her for what? For here's where it gets really messy. Okay. So Mary. Again, has a reality show. She's one of LuLaRoe's top consultants. So she's she's got some money, maybe. I don't know. Um, and so they went on the show to talk about this. Now, what I find interesting is that all of the wives and her husband, even though this is so clearly a marital issue, defend that she didn't actually cheat on him and it's fine. 
And so she's more like, poor me, I was catfished on all of the episodes. Which, again, is terrible, but you also can't ignore the fact that you are a married woman sending these things to someone who you believe is a guy. So, like, um, and her biggest thing was more, like, disgust that it was a woman. So there was, like, absolutely no owning up to this behavior on her part. So, again, sucks that she was catfished, but also, like, you're You're married. married. You're married. You are actively trying to have an affair at this point. And so it gets really messy. Where it gets even messier is that multiple other victims of Jackie Overton have come forward. And the Twitter account is still up and running. And Samuel Cooper's Twitter account. He has a blog. He has written and published books about his affair with Mary. And his love story and has never owned up to the fact that he is actually Jackie Cooper. Still talks about his assistant like she's a real person. So there is a huge... It's controversial um, because they've never owned up to it. um, And allegedly some people who have put comments on the books have found their accounts mysteriously hacked and money missing off of their PayPal and other stuff. So there is some stuff. But... Yeah, there are multiple other victims, but they have published a book under the name of Samuel Cooper called Almost Married, because her name's Mary, very clever, uh, available on Amazon, um, that, yeah, just discusses their beautiful romantic love story. So she says it was catfishing. He says that he's a real person. There is no evidence that he is actually a real person. I wonder if it was, like, for money to, like, get info to create, like, a tell-all book. Right, and so that's one possible motivation, but there are other there are other women who have come forward saying that they were catfished by Jackie Overton. They've hired private investigators. There's one woman, Christy, who shows up on the Sister Wives show to talk to Mary, who's like, yeah, I got suspicious and hired a private investigator who found out that it was actually Jackie Overton and all this other stuff. Um, so there's, like, a lot behind it. So it's like, it could be... A financial motivation, but it could also be a delusion. Yeah. Because despite all of this, they frequently write about Mary's lies and slander. Oh. That's accusing them of being a catfish when they're a real person in their book and in blog posts. They even claim that they did meet in person at Disney World and did have sex. And so they're basically still saying that they are actually Samuel Cooper, a real person. Um... So that one I just found so interesting psychologically because obviously we don't know the person. I haven't, I'm not a private investigator. I haven't investigated, so I can't confirm or deny anything at this point, right? But what it looks like is that all of this is happening and it's super controversial because for whatever reason they are still going off of the assumption that they are samuel cooper and also the other victims like we're not on tv shows we're not on wealthy and basically another potential motive depending on who you believe is that in all of samuel cooper's blog posts and everything they talk about how they're just trying to get mary out of an unhealthy marriage where she's obviously miserable and they're just trying to save her from polygamy oh so that could be another i think she was the only polygamist That was a victim as far as we could tell, but that could be a potential motivation, too, if they're being genuine about that. But it's so murky because, again, like catfishing does require uh, the person to own up to it to really 
really figure out what's happening because she just kind of came out on the show that was like I was catfished I you know was talking to someone I thought was a man was actually a woman all this other stuff but they've never owned up to it and said their motivation and they're still writing books and writing blogs as Samuel Cooper so Hmm. yeah psychologically interesting obviously we know these people so we can't actually speak to it and they've never spoken to it um, but it is just a fascinating case because it's so like she's saying he's a catfish, he's saying he's an actual person. There's no evidence he's an actual person and other people are coming forward, but still stand in firm. Interesting. Yeah. Very fascinating stuff here. Mm-hmm. Huh. Well. Yeah. They're yeah. out here. The catfish are out. The catfish are out. Oh, man. Well, I I do feel as time goes on, we're going to always have stories about catfish as long as the internet's a thing. Right. And there's some stuff saying that it's becoming more common, especially as kids are spending more and more time online. Yeah. And less time with in-person interactions. It's going to keep becoming more common. And, you know, it's such an early field of research that we thought this would be a fun one to just cover what we know right now. And then... Maybe in a couple years we'll redo it when more stuff is coming out. Yeah. And if, if you're in grad school, because I know we have a lot of folks in grad school, if you want, like, a good, like, thesis topic and decide to do something with catfishing, let us know. Yeah. And get. if you've been catfished. Yeah. Let us know your stories. Especially you if you have a catfishing crazy. story, tell us. We want to know. We want to know the tea. We do. We might do. If we get a bunch of catfishing stories, we could do a follow-up episode. Yeah, we can. We we totally can. So, let us know your catfishing stories. Yes, please. Well, thank you guys for joining us today. Don't forget to um, follow us on the social medias where we will not be catfishing you. (laughs) We will Um, not be catfishing you there. Um, on Facebook, we're facebook.com slash spooky psychology St. Charles. On Instagram, I am Lauren underscore Malika, M-O-L-O-I-C-A-L-M-F-T. And Megan is Megan Baker, L-C-S-W. Also, if you would like to become a patron, we do have a Patreon. You just have to look up our um, podcast, Spooky Psychology with Megan and Lauren, and you'll be able to find us there. We do appreciate all of our patrons. You guys are awesome. We do appreciate that. Um, Um, Do you have any good shit for today or something good that's happened this year? Uh, good shit for today. I had one earlier, and now I'm forgetting it. Um. My good shit. Okay, my good shit on a very personal level is that we have a couch that pulls out into a full-size bed, and we have sheets and blankets on it right now, and we're gonna watch some movies in a very comfy bed couch pit later today and i'm very excited about that i'm very excited for you that sounds wonderful going to be very cozy yes 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 yes. that's my good shit what about you lauren um my good shit is my brother and sister-in-law just had a baby they had a baby baby rosie i got to meet her two days ago um and she's a peanut and she's precious and i just we love her Oh, her name's Rosie. Mm-hmm. I love that name. Way to go. I do too. Welcome to the planet, baby Rosie. We're Baby glad Rosie. to have you here. Yes. 
Maybe she'll be a spooky peep. You never know. <laughs> Give her a while. <laughs> but yeah. But yeah, send us in your stuff. Um, otherwise, any other things you want to bring up? Megan, no, for that wrap is, up? that's all I got. Thanks all for right. this short and sweet episode. Yes. Thanks, guys. Stay Bye. spooky. Bye.